All right, we're going to be listening to a podcast episode I made eight months ago. And it's referring to should kids refer- return to school. Haven't listened to it since then. We're going to listen to it right now. This is one of the biggest topics right now. It is whether the kids should be in school or not. And it starts right here, right now, as we start off tonight looking at really the whole picture. You have teachers, kids, buildings, campuses, and you've got the government as well controlling all of this. So we're going to start with the essentials that children get from going to school. What the pros are of school in classroom. First of all, we of course have a better education. If you haven't already seen all of these kind of fail compilations or whatever you want to call it from Zoom or any kind of remote learning that has taken place, they're just not learning, guys. There's so much potential for a distraction at any po- any moment in any class possible. I mean, you can have a, a distraction science, math, and especially like English. We're trying to communicate. Can you communicate over Zoom? Guys, is that the same skill as communicating in person? Guys, let's be real. No, it's not. Which leads me to the next point is that kids will develop socially. They're not going to develop, to develop necessarily the social uh, things that they should be if we are on a remote learning platform. We obviously need them. And now, this is a big one. If kids are in school, the parents can work. I think I'll link this, uh, the pros, cons kind of thing in, in the uh, down below. Parents can go to work. You, you, are there parents w- willing to quit their job to teach their kids from home? Because really, can you actually go without teaching the kids? Can the teacher fully teach 20 plus kids for each class period? No, I think the parents definitely are going to have to teach these kids something. The parents also have to watch these kids. These kids aren't shouldn't be home alone. And there's going to be parents that leave the kids home alone with a computer open. And then there's going to be kids that just can't make it because the computer dies if it's a laptop or something. Or just doesn't work or something. I don't know. That's just not... There's going to be parents that do that if that's the thing. Now we look at... uh, I I don't know. This is kind of a controversial one. But there's going to be less stress overall if people are back to, to normal. People are going to stop worrying, hopefully. I mean, there's going to be more stress for the month of August. For the first few weeks the kids are in school, there's going to be stress. But hopefully, if things just start to calm down and we're not thinking about a pandemic, of all things, in just a few days, that we're going to start thinking about stuff that's more appealing to our brains and more exciting. We're going to be thinking about football. We're going to all right, I didn't want to necessarily interrupt the opening statement here that I was making, but I do want to acknowledge 
the good points that were being made there and the fact that remote learning wasn't going to be a success. And then this uh, sort of, you want to get in a cycle. I don't know what I was really saying there, but once things stabilized, things were going to be great. And reflecting on that, I really want to say that that's exactly how it really went, is that when there was doubt, there was a lot of panic. There was a lot of opinions out there. But I feel like now things are a lot more clear. Things are better. I mean, keep in mind, this is March 2021 now. They should be a lot more clear. And I think there's another point in there made about focusing on things other than the pandemic. I think that's certainly in place. Is that learning and others. The pandemic isn't the primary like, focus. We're not going to school because of the pandemic. We're not doing this because of the pandemic. We're, the pandemic is only a limiting factor. It's a factor that has caused things, certain decisions to be made. It's caused certain uh, implementation of rules and legislation. But it is not. A reason to put everything else behind. I'm gonna let this continue, and I'll be back with more commentary. No, be a little more coffee coming up. We're gonna be thinking about, I don't know, <laughs> friends at school. We're gonna be thinking about parties. We're gonna be thinking about anything other than a virus. Now, this is kind of an essential thing that kids are going to get meals uh, if they're on uh, government support for your reduced lunch. They're going to get these meals. Now, I know that there may have been compensation or something for meals, but the meals at school are actually probably more appetizing than kids that are on this program. They're not getting those meals at home. They're probably getting the bare minimum at home. Uh, especially over the last few months where they've been had to been fed so many times. I, I know that this school has decent food. Not every day, but the food is above average, okay? Now, kids at school are actually going to learn. Maybe you're not going to learn necessarily at the pace that they should be if they were in school throughout until June, um, but kids are actually going to be educated not just academically, not just socially, but they're actually going to be educated on the coronavirus. They're going to be educated on washing their hands, educated on potentially socially distancing. I, I don't know. That's kind of controversial. I don't know if social distancing is good or not. We're not going to discuss that because that's a whole nother topic. Same thing with masks. We're not going to discuss that. That's, those things are just too controversial. This, kids in school should not be a controversy because we see all these pros. Better education, social development of kids, parents being able to work, 
the stress level will calm down once we stop thinking of the coronavirus. And it will be less stress overall. I think we're stressing out way too much with parents, especially parents. Okay, if you have two kids, you can handle. But when these these uh, parents have three or four or five kids, oh my, everyone with more than five, oh, we are just so, we're going to pray for your soul right now. Now we look at the cons. These are, these are the backlashes. Anyone who says kids should stay on remote learning are going to do a combination of the first two of these points. The virus will spread. That is, the, that is probably the most common. 80%, 80 to 90% of the arguments is surrounding the virus. That it's going to spread rampant throughout the school. And then kids are going to bring it to their parents. And the parents are going to bring it to their grandparents. And then it's going to be chaos. And then we've got a huge disaster going on our hands. Now, the good thing that we have is that we know the virus from six months of time. We know that the virus isn't as bad as March. It's not as bad as March or April. We okay, can we get over that? Look at the virus spread, it will spread. Yes, it will spread throughout this whole school. I 100% think that the whole school is going to come away with the virus. Now, how do we do this? How do we do this without causing a, causing a problem? Now, people, people's next point would be that the, about the teachers. It is just, the virus is going to spread. Guys, now we're at a point of immunity where the virus isn't spreading to its 100% potential. It's now down to, especially in New York, the, the Northeast, and uh, all the places with huge case percentages, those places are going to actually have it easier this fall because they the virus is spread constantly. Now, the other cons are kind of like, okay, I'll say some parents are worried. That kind of goes hand in hand. They're worried many things. Worried, you, they should be worried about a lot of things as a parent, and that is that should come with parenting it. Normally, I mean, you should be worried for your kids. Um, these two, last two, just for fun here, that the teachers are going to actually have to work at school and that there should be high, there will be, of course, high school drama. We all know that one. Is high school drama good? Is high school drama bad? Oh, I say it's bad just for the sake of it. So now. We're going to look at the facts. This article is from sciencemag.org. They have put together some stuff here about how likely children are to transmit the virus. So there is... All right, I would just want to interject here uh, going through this part. And I don't know, going through those cons, I feel like that was a bad presentation from me, uh, but I do agree with a lot of what I said. 
I think the thing that I that I, I'm a, I, okay. I'm I probably need to talk in real English here, but I, the thing I was trying to say was going to go on and say, and that will be after this is that the data about kids being less they're not going to spread it really as much as like as other people potentially would i don't know if that's 100 percent true but going through these cons here certainly it's all about uh protecting the individuals that that are more vulnerable and i think that really is a valid argument and it was determined eventually it was determined that schools were safe to open safely they were it was safe it was said that cdc said that you can open schools i don't know exactly when they said it was a very safe to do so without the teachers needing to be vaccinated but certainly that did happen and i think you got to give them credit for uh, saying that the teachers would be, I got to give myself credit and and all the agencies that said that schools should have been open. Got to give them credit. Um, but there's still a lot to get to. Continue this coverage, and I think I'm gonna interject a little bit more here coming up. All right. Let's continue. An institution where they investigated this place. I don't know where this is. It's just a town. I, I assume it's like in Africa or something. I don't know. But they, they had a, it was a high school. The antibody testing that they did showed that 38% uh, had been infected. Okay. Um, 38% had been infected, 43% teachers were infected, 59% of non-teaching staff had been infected. Um, so I assume that there were a lot of children who, only three children had the virus. Okay, so that's what they, they said, is. So that is just one situation. We're not going to make a whole deal about it. But so this whole school, they had 43% of the teachers infected. About a third of the total people were infected. There were so many people infected, guys. This thing went rampant. I think I'm going to skip ahead of this. It seems a little little sus here. Let's skip what three minutes ahead. Because the the principals and the the administrators they're probably gonna have to do an interview. And how can they're gonna be like, how can you justify interviewing someone when your school is online? Okay, let's leave that aside. But the teachers, they need their pay. Technically, speaking from my perspective should be based on the learning they're providing. The actual, I don't know, concrete evidence of their job's performance. I, I don't know if it should be like, 
Yeah, I think I took this a little too far. I took this point a little too far about uh, the teachers needing to do exactly what, like, but I do think that there has to be value in teaching. There has to be value. I think the fact that you're looking for evidence, I think that's a little too far. I think looking for, I think that, that that's actually what has happened is that there has been a little bit more of a a look, a deeper look for evidence of learning. And I don't know if that's, if that's a good or bad thing, but we'll continue. At a school where someone, where historically kids are not very intelligent, should they be paid just nothing just for working at that school? No, it should be compared year over year. And between teacher and teacher in each school, of course, there's going to be a margin for error, of course. So if there's three teachers that each teach biology, and the, the scores on a standardized test from one teacher is a 90, an 80, and a 70, the 70 teacher, they need to pick it up. They're not doing enough. Either they're not engaging with their students enough, or, I don't know, they're distracted, they're gone too much, they have just been late, I don't know, there's many factors, they've been mean, or obviously it could be just the students' problems, um, but there's going to be a big difference between the 90 and the 70 that you're going to see, and there's huge differences, like, most of the time it's going to be like 80, 77, 72. It's going to be something like that, where it's all within 10%. And it's going to be like, 72, well, you need to do a little bit more. But that can be just like one week where they're sick, and that can disrupt a whole percentage. And there's always going to be that. There's always going to be that. But the fact that these kids are going to be learning online if, if obviously they they te they don't return to school, and once they're online, who's gonna who's gonna just sign up? Who's gonna just make this transition? Who is going to stand up and say, put their two feet in the ground and say, we're going back into the building right here, right now? It's gonna happen. I just don't see them doing that. I think these once. They make the decision that it's online school. Welcome back. I lied about having you come back. But here we go. We're back. For more of this reaction to last year's changes from the school. Got a little bit more content to cover here uh, before we course split it into a second part it's online school for probably until at least winter break now of course the angry mob of the parents should have influence but the parents just don't have a timeline they don't have a sequence of when things are going to happen you would think that a most parents have jobs. Like, what are you doing if you don't have a job? Like, 
So most parents have jobs. They have jobs to get to. So you're going to stay home with your kids? There's a thing called homeschooling that you can do. Homeschooling has always been an option. If you think that the school system isn't doing a good job, you can opt to homeschool. It's an option. Now, I, I read into homeschooling, and there's like five different options. Okay, I'm not going to ever homeschool somebody. Okay. But it's an option. If you want to take that on, you can do it. And I'm sure there's private school, many other different schools that are available. They're going to do whatever they can to give the best education for these children. Online school, I would say, is about 30% of the learning. I would say, but then again, you lose the social aspect as well. We're not going to count that. That's not academics. That's not technically what school is. That's not the main focus. So if we say 30% of the learning, you're going to learn for every 10 hours online, you learn what you would learn normally in just three hours. And that is, pro well, that's what I would say. It can be more. It can be better. But every time you're stuck online, it can take just an hour just to find something because you're confused. You don't you don't have the help around. You don't have your classmates. And you get distracted so easily. So easily distracted at home. It's so painful. I mean, how can you do this? Okay. Okay, okay, okay. I think I was trying to make the point here of the online learning being bad. I do think that this, this definitely applies. Is that there has been an acknowledgement that an online learning has done less than what in-person learning would do. That is a that is what has been acknowledged, and it has been acknowledged by the Biden administration as they acknowledge that potentially summer school could be an option and and I do think that that's what I was getting at there is that they're going to learn less significantly less up front so they're going to need at some point some sort of catch up something and that's sort of what the Biden administration did lay out with with summer school potentially. I don't know. Continue this. Got a couple more minutes here uh, in this segment. Let's get to the point here. The kids are not at risk from the coronavirus. The kids are not at big risk. It's, it's a, adults with underlying health conditions. Those are the ones that we really, really need to look out for. And now, I just, so we're going to get back to this timeline kind of thing. We're going to get to a timeline. So people who say, keep the kids home. Keep the kids home. So when, they never are saying when these kids should go back to school. They're just saying, keep them home, keep them home, keep them home. So if that's what you're saying, keep them home for the whole entire year. You know how much education they're losing? 
they're probably so let's just say that this student is expecting to go into their second grade year even with online learning i think they're they can barely maintain the status of being a second grade level i think there's potential this but it's the online learning is probably going to just maintain the level for a calendar year if that's what happens now if the parent teaches this kid or the parent does other stuff then the kid's going to learn the kid's going to advance they're going to become advanced compared to the classmates but a lot of parents don't know how to teach their kids and they probably shouldn't because their parents never taught them a lot of parents are like what is this when they especially in math like it's like the new thing every 10 years in math class it's like lattice or whatever um is what it's always something different in math okay so i probably need to get to the point that there's risk involved but but with this timeline people have to get back to work we can't be in this forever Vaccine, I would say, is probably 15 months away from now. Maybe, maybe we'll have a vaccine in January. Maybe we'll have a vaccine in 2021. I mean, 2022, I mean, late 2021, early 2022. Maybe we'll have a vaccine in 2030. Maybe we'll have a vaccine in never. Maybe we'll never have a vaccine. So what if we never have a vaccine? What is the solution then? The solution has to be we infect the low risk people that so that's the only way i mean if we don't have a vaccine the only way that we can like shut down this this virus to a very uncommon occurrence is to have a high percentage of people have the antibodies so basically immunity or herd immunity but if there is the vaccine is so far away right now that we cannot be looking for it. we cannot be saying that is when things are going to go to normal we cannot use the vaccine we have to have a plan now we have to have a plan short-term and long-term with all the effects outlined the long-term effects of kids staying home are going to be detrimental they're going to show 20 years and you know what the parents especially people that are in their 20s they know that if the school system is disrupted that their jobs are going to be safe for just that much longer because these kids are going to be uneducated for so long they're going to just they're not going to be able to perform well they're going to miss the year of social skills they're going to miss so much okay we'll get to the sports i'm so sorry this went so long but again my stance is that kids need to be in school of course have a good one All right.
that was sort of what I expected to hear out of myself. And I definitely think that I said some stuff that was incorrect when, when I was referencing the vaccine. There were a lot of uh, private companies who stepped up in the vaccine production. They took charge and they, we have eventually got three vaccines approved for emergency use. And I know they're not, potentially haven't been tested enough for you to say that they're completely safe at this point. And I don't, I don't want to shame anybody for saying that the vaccines aren't safe because there's not, they're not only, they're only approved for emergency use. So I don't want to say that they are 100% effective, 100% safe, because that is assuming too much. Now, we do have to give credit that there are vaccines that exist, and three of them at this time. I don't know. I think that people continued to use the vaccine as a timeline. People did continue to do that over the past year. And that is very sad that it has come to that reality. But there are people that didn't use the vaccine as sort of a timeline and people that took charge people that that really led to there's a lot of job creation that has happened or job recreation i should say that has happened over the past year and it's it's a very happy thing to see but it is very sad uh that so many jobs have been lost and not restored as well and i think there's a lot of lessons to be learned. A lot of, a lot of everything. But I think that's where I will leave it off. I think I made a lot of valid points here. This was July of 2020. This was very much. This is before a lot of things took place. We didn't even have NFL football happening at this point. And I'm really interested to see what I have to say in the last 15 minutes of this uh, commentary that was recorded back in July 2020. And the thing that I am very fascinated about is that things really haven't changed as much as I, I thought they would. I thought that people would sort of move on, and I think that is happening, but it, it hasn't happened yet. People are not, it has become less of a fear and more of a social concept. It has become, I don't know, I think that's a little too far to go to say that, that this stuff is all over, but this was, this is a long way. This is a, a lot has happened since this this took place back in July 2020, and I just want to say thanks so much. This has been, you know, a crazy year, a crazy everything going on here. 
just want to say, if people would have followed what I what I said in this uh, video back or this uh, podcast episode back in July 2020, I think we'd be a little more on the bright side. We'd be enjoying a little bit more, more happy this week. But I do think that there would be a lot of downs that took place as well. And and I don't think we took the worst case scenario. I don't think we took the best case scenario. It's been a very mixed bag. And I do appreciate where we are in March of 2021, about to head into the NCAA tournament, which was canceled, canceled last year. And, and it has been quite a while since the NCAA tournament took place. Feels like forever ago. We're going to be right back there. Of course. Thanks for tuning on in to the podcast. Until next time. Well, part two. Whatever I've got to stay left, that's coming up in the next episode. Till then, peace out.